the Free for All Roundtable. Brought to you by Lexus Avon, Canada's newest Lexus dealer, near Canada's Wonderland in the Maple Auto Mall. Luxury is closer than you think. Round one. Jerry Agar in for John Moore again today. We think he'll be back tomorrow, but we'll see. On the panel today, Pavan Bratch, serial entrepreneur in marketing, tech, and real estate development, plus a part-time farmer. Amanda Galbraith, principal at Navigator and host of Free for All Fridays at 1 o'clock on Friday afternoon. And Toronto City Councillor Shelley Carroll. Shelley, let me start with you. I find myself on a point of agreement on the get-go here with the mayor-elect uh, Olivia Chow. Yes, uh, which I didn't <laughs> expect. But she's taking on this issue of refugees sleeping on the streets because there's no room in the shelters and and blaming the federal government. And I think she's right. Yeah, this is a crisis that's been been coming all along. Uh, the former mayor uh, uh, spoke to it. The deputy mayor spoke to it. But we really reached the humanitarian crisis stage now. Uh, let me take just the months of May and the months of June. Uh, we're, we're doing our best. The federal government funds us for 500 to 1,000 refugees coming a year. But what we're getting now is four to 600 a month. And so, of course, we, we ran out of their support in February. And what happens is you don't want them to, to linger in the shelter system for too long. So we struggle to house them. But in May, over 600 arrived, and we were able to house 300. In June, 450 arrived. We were able to house about 250 of those. The amount we can house is, is slowly shrinking, but the amount arriving is growing. So we, we don't mind doing this. There is a labor shortage, but if people linger in the shelter system, they're not really going to be employable. So you want the supports to settle them well and get them into a good life in Canada. Canada taking a share, Amanda, of the world's refugees is a caring thing to do, a great thing to do, in my opinion. I know some people don't want to spend dime one on it, but uh, but I'm okay with our, our refugee program. But it is not a caring program if what you do is just force them into homelessness. Yeah, and I mean, you can drive by like the, the centers, right, where you see people like piles and piles of their belongings, um, people sleeping rough on the streets. Like it's not, it's not. I think the country we want to welcome people to. Um, I, I actually, I also am, was deeply surprised. I f- fully agree with Mayor Elect now, um, and uh, good for her calling it out. I do know, as Shelley pointed out, the previous mayor and deputy mayor did do this, but I think the pulpit of being a newly elected mayor means. You can kind of do that. I think the other interesting thing, too, we might see is because you know, there's no parties, obviously, municipal government, but she's by NDP affiliation. She doesn't quite have kind of the, I've got to be nice to my friends if I'm a liberal or conservative. You know, she can kind of tell like it is a little bit. So I wonder if we'll see a little bit of that as she uh, kind of gets her feet wet in the job. Pavan, how are you reacting to all of this? Well, I have to admit, if I lived in Toronto, I probably wouldn't have voted for, for Mayor-elect Chow now, but uh, now that she's elected, but uh, she's doing the right thing. She's doing what she uh, said she was going to do. And, uh, you know, the only thing I would say is that uh, it, should, it shouldn't it should stop at just this refugee issue. I mean, if she's going to wake these politicians up and drag them kicking and screaming uh, to talk about this issue, I think she has to talk about the whole issue, which is, you know, the mental health issue and all of the rest of it. Mm-hmm you know, the other 50% of, of what's jamming up our system and get that settled. And we as Canadians have to stop taking it. We have to reach out to our, our MPs and MPPs and tell them to, to cut the summer break and come back and solve it because all the cities are suffering.
offering. All right. Now, another city issue here, Shelley. The province could expropriate Toronto-owned lands at Ontario Place if an agreement isn't reached. I characterized it earlier this morning, Shelley, as the 800-pound gorilla says to the monkey, we'll either reach an agreement or I'll just take it. Like, it, we, yeah. you know, they've got all the power. Yeah, they do. But but you know what? Ideally, and everyone would like to, to be in a situation where you got a good neighbor here. And so I think, I think the conversation that needs to happen has been waiting until there is a mayor in place because it sort of, it sort of uh, blew up and started to advance this file just as uh, Mayor Tory was uh, uh, stepping down. And so with a, with a real mayor uh, being sworn in next week, I think uh, it, it means Doug and Olivia sitting down and looking at what is the plan? What's our issue with it? Surely we can reach an agreement here. And, and, and I think uh, throwing out the expropriation word is just a, a way of, of giving the table a sense of urgency. I'm okay with that. I just hope it doesn't come to that. Okay, Pavan, uh, Mark Tui, who worked at City Hall at one point, said this morning, give it to them. Let them deal with it. Uh, what does that sound like to you? <laughs> well, it sounds like common sense. You know, I mean, it's part of a it's part of a whole development. They're going to be building, uh, you know, redeveloping the, uh, the Ontario Place lands anyways. And it's a strip along the edge of that that makes it all kind of work together. And so, you know, we've got to stop dithering and we have to get on with it. We, we didn't, uh, our politicians couldn't get their acts together for 30 years and we didn't really build any new TTC infrastructure. And now look at the mess we're in. We can't keep uh, kind of, you know, kind of flipping things around and we have to get things done. And sometimes it's not popular, but it's time to take action. Well, uh, Mandy, you were always, you were also over there at City Hall, I think, for uh, a period of time. Um, what do you think of what's happening here and also of Mark Tui's idea? Like, why don't we just, you know, upload this? thing uh, in a sense to the province um i mean i think i think that which what everyone said so far is it's highly sensible um honestly the, the news flash the province can expropriate land any like if they want to anywhere like this isn't just exclusive to ontario place um actually i mean just because they wrote it and they wrote it down and i think obviously it's part of i'm sure it's a report and it's an option um i doubt it'll come to that uh yeah and i think i think bottom line is we need to be redeveloping that area of the city um i think it makes a lot of sense and um i hope they move forward and jerry if i could just jump in for a second i mean the one thing i would say that is that uh, we don't want to create another 407 so we don't want to be expropriating land and handing it off uh, you know without proper transparency on all these 99 year deals and 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 i think that we have to push for some of these deals to be with canadian firms i think that that kind of has left the barn already but um, I do think that we need some, you know, we need to make sure that we don't do another 407. All right. So um, I was talking with Minister Vic Fideli, Ontario Minister Vic Fideli, earlier this morning about how an agreement has been reached with Stellantis, um, and it's going to be something in the neighborhood of $15 billion in tax breaks, et cetera, that Stellantis gets. They say, okay, great, we've got an agreement now. We'll go back to building our plant in Windsor and build electric batteries and such. We already had an agreement with them. We already had a binding agreement with them. They broke it when they realized they could get more money from Joe Biden. So we had to come to the table, our government seems to think, uh, in order to keep this thing. I, Vic Fideli, I, I consider him a friend. Uh, we've socialized together. I like him. But I just can't agree with him on this, uh, Amanda. It, it's just I, I can't see a win here for Canadian taxpayers. And how can we trust Stellantis to stick with this deal? They didn't stick with the last one. Uh, well, Jerry and I have also socialized, and I disagree with you, Jerry. So you're going to miss. You're going to make uh, no friends with both of your friends. <laughs> to be honest, but, um, 
I, first of all, the federal government in writing promised Stellantis once the Biden stuff was announced that they would um, kind of renegotiate or, or the deal. So that was on the table um, and they dragged their feet on it and eventually they got to where they need to go, which is good. Um, I think this is but if we want this kind of industry in our country, we have to subsidize it um, because the U.S. is there with a blank check basically saying, come or, come here, we'll pay you whatever you want. So either we say goodbye to all these industries, um, the automotive industry itself, which is a huge driver of jobs secondary jobs i'll tell you right now i'm from the windsor area growing up um the the amount of um like stimulations put into that economy through housing um it's, it's massive the, the spill out is massive like it's it's huge so i think it actually will drive tons of investment um it's a really important thing to drive jobs and if we want to be in the ball game you have to pay for it um that's just the way that it's being dictated by the u.s and until then like you know we can we can close our check we can go home but say goodbye to all those jobs okay so uh we're gonna lose money on it but we'll make it up in what the taxpayer not the volume the taxpayer well in a way we will because if we have this many more jobs those people will be able to pay their taxes and so yeah but it's going to cost get... us hundreds of thousands of dollars a job they'll never pay that much in tax. It's not a check we're writing it's foregone revenue and that's 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 true that's a real money uh, situation as well but that is the nature of economic development especially in the post pandemic uh, economy everyone is scrambling to attract business and so you know at a local level we need to bring jobs to the city but we can't provide those types of financial incentives. At this scale, you need a federal government and a provincial government to get involved, to draw those people into our regions and get those jobs rolling. And right now, um, they can go anywhere in the world. We need them to be here. And so we got to play amongst the big players in the G7. Okay, Pavan, are you going to leave me hanging out there as the only person who cares about the taxpayer? I'm with you. I care about uh, the folly of what we're doing here. I don't agree with it. Um, I do, you know, here we are, you know, we're in a race to the, to who can outbid the other guy on the next deal. I mean, so Stellantis reopened the deal that we had done with them already, just to remind folks, uh, when the Volkswagen deal was done and uh, these, you know, I'm not anti-foreign investment. These are all non-Canadian companies and they're building batteries with Canadian minerals that are our birthright. So I don't have a problem with government supporting, and it's obviously an economic reality worldwide, but uh, and I hate to sound like you know the Canadian flag waver here today, but you know how do we support our, our local our local companies? I mean, you know, in, in, I'm not suggesting that we do what India does. India, for example, has a rule where foreign companies cannot even operate in 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 that country. And I'm talking the WalMarts and all the big boys and, and ladies that that can't come into that country unless there's major local ownership. So we don't want to go that far. But at the same time, you know, how do we support the Linmars uh, and and all of the other great Canadian you know parts manufacturers? Can't they make batteries? Can't they take our minerals and 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 turn it into something? So I'm I'm disappointed with it. All right. So the ice cream company Ben and Jerry's chose Canada Day to lecture Canadians on giving the land back to indigenous people and then they did the same thing again on the 4th of July in the United States hashtag land back two things here uh, Amanda first of all I didn't see Ben and Jerry's give any of their factories to uh, any native groups in the United States and secondarily would you enjoy Chapman's ice cream <laughs> um, I like all kind I'm an equal opportunity ice cream eater um, Ben and Jerry's has been a political company since they've been founded. Uh, and, you know, you, there's a long history of that in their kind of manifesto. So I actually thought this was, article was a bit hilarious because it was full of like, I don't want my ice cream with politics, like you know, people tweeting this. And uh, and I'm like, 
this is what Ben and Jerry's is. So you cannot eat their ice cream. Um, but I, like one thing I, I like about the company is that um, I think some of this stuff rings a bit hollow. They're obviously not giving back land. We're not going to get back to the U.S., but we do need to work on reconciliation. Um, that being said, if you don't want to eat, support them, just eat something else. Like it's very, and they're very open and transparent about who they are and their political stance. Yeah, Shelly, you're going to give back your house. <laughs> well, I do acknowledge that I am a, a settler on, on someone else's land as, as many times as I can throughout the week. But uh, uh, Seriously? You know, the, yeah. yeah. We, you we seriously to, do that? Yeah, I acknowledge. Or do you just say that? I acknowledge. You wake up in the morning and say, I'm starting my day on the land of the Mississaugas. Well, uh, publicly, you've heard me do it many, many times. Many, many times. My ward is uh, is former Wendat land, and we always acknowledge that. We've done some indigenous placemaking. And this is what's going on in society. Mine's on the former land of Farmer Bill. Well, no, Farmer <laughs> Bill was a settler. Wow. No, we're, we're way past that, I think. Pavan? Yeah, the story has has Bud Light written all over it. <laughs> I wonder. Yeah, I wonder if maybe Kid Rock will get out there and shoot some ice cream. <laughs> it's gonna, it's inevitable. Watch it melt slowly. Uh, yeah, no, I don't know. They they could be stumbling onto something pretty bad. If you've checked out the the stock of the company that owns Bud Light, it's not doing very well. Well, yeah, but and, Ben and Jerry's that's their whole deal. Sure, that's who they, they are. They they, they dedicate whole flavors to politics all the time, and and yeah, and yeah. they've been a pretty well sustained company. They let Fair celebrities enough. have a have a flavor that that some of the proceeds go to charity. Stephen Colbert has a flavor. Yeah. That, that's just their whole. That's their brand. They have Cherry Garcia, for yeah. instance. And and our technical uh, producer Nick has suggested they come out with Bud Light flavored ice cream and then go go the full distance. Thanks to all of you. Catch the round table round one at seven forty five. Round two at eight forty five. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk ten ten Toronto.